0: Thanks for tuning in to The Roundtable Podcast, episode 67.
1: Hello, literary alchemists. I'm Paul Ellis.
0: And I'm Dave Robison. And you've tuned
1: in to The Roundtable Podcast.
0: On The Roundtable Podcast, we bring writers onto the show to pitch a story idea to us and our esteemed guest host. We
1: take our writers' ideas, pile them in a heap, and brainstorm them, using a style of targeted vector analysis that's all our own. We break these ideas down beyond their subatomic level, transforming them into raw energy and beaming them back through space and time, all to reassemble those luminescent thoughts back here as
0: <laughs> literary gold. gold. <laughs> <laughs> like that? Oh, oh my God, Paul! That is awesome. I think I don't think we've ever sound nearly so technical, so so savvy, or so prowessed as you just did. Then you. <laughs> dude, I'm bringing you back. You are still coming back as my guest host. <laughs> <Hey>. Jazz hands. <laughs> Jazz hands, baby. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. Paul, thank you so much. It has been a delight having you as my co-host and wingman for this episode and for our 20 minutes with. I'm, I'm truly looking forward to what's coming up. I'm, I'm glad you were able to do this.
1: Oh, this has been a lot of fun for me. Uh, this is not the first time that you've uh, kind of, allowed me to step up though really you know,
0: before it was with uh, misbehaving so uh, uh, yes. so we'll do a little cross promo there later absolutely absolutely yes please yeah remind me because because we need to give Mare a shout out as well uh, very cool well let's uh, uh let's 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 do that worthy worthy metaphoric intro uh, justice and and bring on a a, a you can see, now I'm trying to come up with the words, the uh, uh, an arc vector uh, uh, of awesomeness. Nah, it's, it doesn't work. I, I will leave that to you, sir. Let's bring back our guest host on this episode of The Roundtable, back from a fabulous 20 minutes with of just seven days ago, Mercedes Yardley. Mercedes, I cannot tell you how much I am looking forward to workshopping a story with you. Thank you for joining us for this, for this frothing bit of delight.
2: Oh, it's a pleasure. I am so looking forward to this. <laughs>
0: Miss <laughs> 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 Stabby has arrived. <laughs> <Not
1: here. laughs>
0: Fabulous! Now, now, before we do that, there's, there's one thing, I, Mercedes. In the intro, I, I learned the the sheer scope and breadth of your interests, your delights, uh, and your passions is is truly truly megalithic, uh, and I can only imagine that the the just even the near future is fraught with bright sparkling points of of radiance. So, would you regale for our listeners just what's coming up in the life of Mercedes Yardley? Oh my
2: goodness. Just good things. Um, <laughs> just good things. Uh, so, I recently released my very favorite book that I ever wrote. Um, we talked a, bl- a little bit about that last week, but it's called *Pretty Little Dead Girls*, a novel of murder and whimsy.
0: Go ahead and, and wax rasp- rhapsodic on that. What is what is *Pretty Little Dead Girls* about?
2: Oh, you know, it's it's a fairy tale with a high body count, Dave. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's uh, a kind of a magical realism slash thriller slash whimsical horror book about a a girl named Bryony Adams who's destined to be murdered. And um, it's about everybody that kind of tries to stop that before it happens, but it's inevitable. And um, it's just a very, Joyful book with a lot of, you know, dead, dead, people in it. dead and dying people, <laughs>
0: Dead and dying people,
2: but a very likable serial killer. And in fact, my favorite, um, my favorite critique I got from that, from my writer's group was this, this guy that said, I want Brian e to live, but I like the serial killer so much. I just want him to get what he wants. And he was so torn. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is a win column for a writer. Holy crap. That's awesome. <laughs>
2: yeah. So there's, there's that. And I just, I love that book. It's a joy. Um, I have, uh, I'm working on a, a, a fairy tale right now, a novella called Little Dead Red, which is part of the Grim Mistresses series. It's going to come out in February for Women in Horror Month. There are four uh, female horror writers who are writing these different novellas and putting them all together into one nice omni-novel, and they're all uh, Grim's fairy tales that are the revamped horrifying um and just a little bit charming so that's coming out and I'm working on the sequel to Nameless the Darkness Comes which is um my urban fantasy trilogy so that will be coming out um next year sometime I'm not quite sure when and, um, yeah, just a couple things here and there yeah. kind of popping up. Now, now, do you have
0: a name for the sequel to Nameless, or or, or is it going to have to be one of those it'll come when it comes type of thing? You
2: know, <laughs> I was calling it Plotless for a really long time.
0: <laughs> as, as every author does, I think. As every author does.
2: Right now, it's either going to be Relentless or possibly Heartless. Okay. So those are the two that... It's it's dark. It is is so deliciously dark, but funny. It's very funny. But um, I really take the main character and just break her.
0: So yeah, I've, I've heard, I've read your interviews, and you're talking about yeah, I want to see just how far I can push her uh, oh. and put her to the break. I think I can do it. I think I can do it. It's like, <laughs> Which point. is hor- I,
2: horrible. <laughs> I love her, but she's you know she tough as nails. I, I will I will break her. I know I know how to do it. I so that's it. what I'm working on now. <laughs> and
0: our <laughs> guest writer, who is sitting in the wings right now, is going oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna what? <laughs> what about Uh, Any con appearances uh, uh, that you're going to be uh, attending in the next uh, year or so?
2: Yeah, I'm going to be at um, LTUE, which is the Life, Universe, and and Everything um, uh, kind of sci-fi fantasy con. In it's a a symposium, right? That's the that's the word symposium, Mm. right? Sounds lofty. Yes, Yes. it is very lofty. I'm going to be on a panel there. I don't know what I'm doing there, being lofty, but I'll be there in uh, February and uh, just just around a little bit Vegas Valley book festival next, next year I'll be there and, just yeah, a couple places. I don't ever find out until like right before, and then I'm like, I'm here, ta-da!
0: Ta-da! Are you yeah. are you going to be rocking any uh, uh, cons with uh, with Ragnarok? Because I know they're making the rounds uh, at all kinds of stuff.
2: I know they are. No, I don't get to I don't get to travel as much because I have the three kidlets at home, and it's hard to justify. You right, know, right? So I do a lot of online appearances because you know that's how I roll. I'm lazy.
0: There so, you go. Well, clearly, yeah. okay, people out there that do online conferences, get on that. Let's have more of those so we can see more of Mercedes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. at least digitally in the world that would be awesome yeah.
2: it's fun to show up for a con in your pajamas let's just do it
0: <laughs> <laughs> come as you are baby awesome uh paul what about you man what's coming up for you
1: i have got a short story coming out
0: f- with uh, pippin
1: t's tales from the archives that's right ministry of peculiar occurrences universe it's called foothold Uh, This story started out as a 30,000-word opus, and and they were very nice to me. They didn't shut the door. They just said, (laughs) can you cut that down a little bit? (laughs) (laughs) So I I was able to get that into a manageable format, and I'm actually, uh, by the time this show drops, it should be out and available both as a Kindle and uh, as a podcast, an audio. Outstanding. Um, yeah. And and I do all the voices. So that's gonna be fun too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, dude, you're a trained professional for that. That you're you're imminently qualified to do so.
1: you get to listen to me completely murder what a female voice sounds like.
0: Oh good. Well, you know, Scott Sigler has already breached that zone, so uh, you're okay. You're you're in good company. Good company. Awesome. I'm
2: looking forward to that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's 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 every male voice actor's nightmare is is the female characters. So Yes, that's awesome. Well, I will... Dear friends, both of you, I'll make sure all of that awesomeness gets into the liner notes uh, uh, so that our, our dear listeners can click those links and, and consume the deliciousness uh, that is Mercedes Yardley and Paul Ellis out in the world. Uh, but for right now, here's what I'd like to do. I'd, I'd like to take a pause, uh, give a little airtime to another podcast or, or an ebook or, or a Kickstarter, some, some awesomeness out there in the world. And when we return, I would love to workshop a story with you both. What do you say? I'm in (laughs) It's gonna happen people Don't you go anywhere We will be right back Brian Lincoln Productions presents An exciting new audio drama Hidden Harbor Mysteries Hidden Harbor is a city of light Beset by darkness One of my girls what works the streets Says there's an army of women Barbara Wilson uses her mystical powers To defend the innocent
1: Give me strength
2: to continue my pursuit of those who've done evil in this city.
0: While others scheme in the shadows to destroy her. Fan Phantom, they call you.
2: You're out there somewhere. And I will
0: have you. Valiant heroes. I'm used to making deals with the devil, but this is a first time. Black hearted villains. I expect she
3: will be difficult to break.
0: Pulse pounding action. As the forces for good battle the architects of evil. Confound it, Barbara. I knew something like this would happen. You went in without
2: thinking. We are bound by heavy chains. A simple leash can
0: feel like freedom. Hidden
1: Harbor Mysteries is written by Jay Smith and produced by Brian Lincoln. Find out more at HiddenHarborMysteries.com
0: welcome back dear listeners welcome back to the roundtable podcast uh, and and the true heart the essence the soul of the round table the main course and the dessert all rolled into one the story workshop and this fabulous bit of creative froth cannot happen without an awesome brave courageous a creative and courageous guest writer who brings a story to the table for us to discuss and and Paul Mercedes our guest writer has told stories ever since he wandered the backyard jungle of Papua New Guinea as a kid. Uh, uh, No longer able to tell those tales in visual media, he became serious about the written form, ranging from sci-fi fantasy all the way to figurative origami. Now, how you write with figurative origami, I'm not sure, but we could ask him. Uh, He lives in a cozy second-floor cave in northern Germany, next door to a flock of crows. He has Wi-Fi, but only minimal electric light, and I think it involves hamsters on a spinning wheel. Uh, There are no pets, and sadly, it's doubtful that they'll allow him a coyote as a guide dog, although I know from from speaking to him online that he would dearly love that. His stories have appeared in Theme-thology, New Myths. And the Iron Pen Anthology Volume One, which was spawned from the most splendid Mythic Scribes online writing community, as well as on the fabulous Every Photo Tells podcast. Now, since the double aughts, which I think is how we're saying the two thousands these days, since 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 the, since the turn of the of the millennia, he blogs infrequently at his blog. Uh, I'll say it here, but don't worry; the link will be in the show notes. Uh, uh, Tromwind.de/slash tinder traum (laughs) don't 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 even try it the link will be right there under his name dear friends please welcome to the writer's chair martin Spearnow. martin thank you so much this is a double delight both because you've brought a story for us to workshop and also you and i have bantered back and forth online through text for for almost two years now and uh, i'm delighted to actually speak to you at least voice to voice thanks for stepping up man yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, now, tell me about writing
3: stories with figurative origami. Ah, uh, well, figurative uh, origami is just—I um, I started uh, doing weird stuff with um, proverbs, like uh, you know, people saying stuff like um, "He led me down the garden track" or something like this, mm-hmm. and just imagining what what if you could write stories actually using these phrases and just using them for their words, not for their um, figurative meaning. And combining the two things, you know, where you have basically two kind of meanings in the same story. Okay. That's a really fun thing to do, to just try and tease out little stories by combining several proverbs or several phrases or, you know. That's um, intriguing. Now, (laughs) are any of those stories up on your blog? I should have one or two of them online, and um, Mythic Scribes actually had. I I tried to do a challenge for that, but uh, nobody really got into it, I
0: think. It's an acquired taste, I understand.
3: Actually, I've had someone um, from Australia do it, and um, that's where I learned that basically you really have to know those those sayings to actually understand what's going on because Australia has these very weird kind of uh, phrases, you know? Sure, sure. It, Nobody really. Different culture, different
0: background. Totally, yeah, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> Well, now, you've brought a story with you, so let's, uh, let's dive into that part, because I'm, I'm eager and hungry to do so. We're going to give you five to eight minutes. Give us the, the title, the genre, the, the format. Is it going to be a novel, a novella, short story, series, whatever? Uh, uh, give us a, a hook line, the theme. Tell us about the world. Uh, uh, introduce us to the characters. Give us, give us the basic tent poles of the story, and we will totally rack a brainstorm all over you. So I'm I'm going to get out of the way. The mic is all yours, my friend.
3: Okay. So I have a title. It's been the working title of this thing for several years actually. I'm not sure if I'm going to use it later on. It's called The Angel Angle. So the hook line is uh, just imagine what what's worse than a man that with nothing left to lose. Well, That would be a man who actually discovers his guardian angel and finds out that she can teach him how to never be harmed again by anything. Can this guardian angel actually um, overcome her eternal nature to um, stop the um, atrocities and the bloodshed that this man now feels called to inflict on his own oppressors? So the hook line already has the the two base themes, I think, are important for this story. The one would be um, how far will a man actually go, knowing that he cannot be harmed. And the second one is this theme of the the eternal nature of a guardian angel and this conflict between um, being true to her nature and the compassion uh, an angel would feel for every living being. So, and this all—the whole thing is set in, the, in a world uh, which might be science fiction. It started out as science fiction, but it could also very well work in a fantasy setting. So, I'm not totally fixed on that one. The idea is that there's an ancient civilization that has been uh, uh, uncovered. And there's this corporation called the Reclamation Corporation, who contract workers to dig up old relics and especially the old books of this uh, foregone civilization. But these this corporation um, never actually honors their contracts. Basically, they lock in all the workers into the tunnels so that these poor souls only have the chance of either keeping up their work and doing what the corporation wants them to do or starve and die down in these tunnels. So that's, that's the background for the whole thing. We have several main characters or central characters. The one would be Maximilian, this uh, man who has nothing left to lose, which basically means his wife, um, who was an, an archaeologist, uh, went into the tunnels, uh, taking one of these contracts and never returned. And he found out that he could not bear living without her and followed her, seeking to find her. He learned some very dark secrets about the Reclamation Corporation and he found his guardian angel and whatever happens later on. We have the angel. Um, This is the one character I have the most problems with because basically she's the protagonist, but um, as an angel she cannot actually change. So we can discuss this later on. As already said, she has this basic um, eternal nature of um, total non-judgment and uh, loyal blind protection of her charge, which is um, bound to her by some means. There's something gone wrong with this binding. Basically, the problem for her is that she should not be be seen by her charge, which is not not something that happened without um, explanation. And we have, uh, we have actually as a character, we have uh, Maximilian's wife, um, Annelie. Um, who will play a very important role later on. She went into the tunnels. She actually very early on found out these dark secrets about the Reclamation Corporation. She found that they are not actually uncovering or recovering those books, but they're actually burning them. And she decided to go underground and uh, try and save as many of these books as she can. And my fourth character would be the Reclamation Corporation, um, which is... I don't know, maybe the antagonist for the whole story. And uh, I have some ideas of how I could uh, expand these and that's something we could actually discuss later on. So the story is basically, uh, I had a complete outline, four acts, everything fleshed out, but found that this is more or less the the story uh, that happens in the world and not really the plot I want to present to the reader. So I'll just give you the the outline of of the the events, as far as it's not already obvious. So basically we have Maximilian going into the tunnels, searching for his wife, finding out that um, these two things, first that uh, the reclamation corporation is actually burning books and not, not saving them, and actually meeting or seeing his guardian angel for the first time, and going through this transformation from broken man to um, somebody who has this sense of being called to do great things. So he will start the tunnel rat rebellion and try to uh, free the the contracted workers and fight. And it's, uh, he goes into a very bloody um, campaign against the oppressors. And that would be the, the opening of the whole tale, maybe. Then we have the the part where the where we turn the the viewpoint more or less to the angel, who is totally appalled by what her charge is doing, but um, cannot live against her own nature, and where she starts to try and find ways to to prevent all of this evil happening, and where she then. Uh, Contacts other human beings. She will eventually find Anneli, the wife, and they will try to find ways to break the bond between uh, charge and angel to allow uh, to allow the angel to stop all of this. Uh, There will be a climax and there's some, obviously, there's a a road of trials to to be fought and and a lot of things to be found and and frustrations and things going on here. This is where I wave my hands and uh, point to my notes. (laughs) Uh, And... The climax would be that there is is a way to break the bond, which means the charge. In this case, Maximilian has to despise his guardian angel and has to come to a point where he wants wants to be rid of her. So the angel will actually pitch Anneli, his wife, whom he is not found yet, against him in, a, in, a, in one of those, those bat- bloody battles. And the only way for Maximilian to survive this battle would be to actually harm or kill his own wife, which he in that moment found again. And uh, the plot so far um, means that um, he would probably decide against it so the bond would be broken i'm not sure what his fate from then on actually is if he gets killed or just harmed and i have some plans for an epilogue and at this point uh, basically the problem is that the bond is broken the this rebellion is broken because their leader is now no longer unkillable and the angel achieved what she wanted to, to achieve. She uh, stopped the bloodbath. But she's also had to betray her newfound friend uh, and bring her into danger. So there's some uh, opportunity for some deep exploration there. So that's basically the, 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 the core of what I what I have. Okay. It's, it's obvious that there's a lot more behind all of this. I have scenes... I I've been working on and everything but this is basically what I can break it down to and what I what is really um what I believe is the core of the story okay everything else um versions of of the same thing so okay. I'm I'm totally open for for anything you guys would would uh, throw at it and everything. Okay. Um
0: let me let yeah. me ask you this Martin, what what are you hoping that we to get out of this this workshop? What what can we uh focus our attention on that you think will be the most value to you?
3: Okay. Yeah, so the the two real problems I I've always had with this this tale is is for one, it's the, the part of the reclamation corporation, which is basically an, an, a shadow entity, um, as, I, as I described it here. So maybe some ideas of... of uh, I mean, I, I know what their motivations is and everything, but my question w- or my um, what I'm seeking is how I can better bring them into the, all of this. Mm-hmm. And the really big problem for me is the protagonist for this story because the angel... Being an angel is, is, is static. She cannot really change. She's, she has the central conflict of all of this, um, how to, to stop this, this atrocity from happening, but she's, she's not really a an, an character that can develop in I, that sense. I
0: think so we can that. help you. I yeah. think we can help you, Martin. Okay. <laughs> Excellent pitch. Well done, sir. All right. Before we roll into this, we, we need to give the patented round table disclaimer. Uh, Paul, would you be so kind?
1: Absolutely. Martin, you are about to hear an entire boatload of ideas and inspirations that we come up with. It's important to understand that everything said from this point forward by Mercedes or Dave or myself may be complete bat guano. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> This is going to be your story, bud, so you decide what to keep and what to throw away,
3: all right? No problem.
1: Awesome.
0: Very cool. Well, with that, with that, now that we're off the hook, uh, let's go ahead yeah. and and dive into this. Um, uh, we usually start with a quick once around the table to get first impressions and ask some questions of clarification. Uh, uh, and we always defer to our guest hosts. So Mercedes, start us off. What What are your first impressions of of Martin's story idea? And uh, do you have any questions to help clarify uh, any any aspects of that story?
2: Yeah, my first impression is this intrigues me. Exceptionally. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I, My mind is going in a million different places. Um, yeah, one of the questions I have for clarification is, you said you know uh, the Reclamation Corporation's, um, they're burning the books, you know their motivation. Can you explain that to me? Like, why are they burning the books? What What is their motivation?
3: The short version is um, they actually, and this is where I'm not sure if this is science fiction or fantasy. So, um this is a complete spoiler for everybody who would later want to read this book. Um, basically, these books are um, have been printed with a special ink. So you could call it magic, you can call it nanites, whatever. Um, and they're trying to free this technology or this magic. So actually, the the Reclamation Corporation is... Has a similar kind of goal or or um, vector, if you want to use that one, um, as maybe these these um, Anneli and her rebels—they want to preserve or they want to um, discover what this ancient civilization civilization has left behind—and they do it by actually freeing, in this case, burning these books. And uh, the other background info about the, which I can spoil here, is that the angel is actually one or the, some the consequence of burning these books. She's uh-huh. actually, um, ah. yeah. But this is something I'm I'm very careful about. And, uh, um, Mentioning this too early for anybody who wants to read it, because that's, that's basically the mystery of the whole thing. Sure, you know, sure, sure. What's going on but here. But that's vital but, information for us to have. Yeah, Absolutely, absolutely. For the discussion about the book and everything, this is totally something that I know how and why they are doing it.
0: Okay.
3: Very cool.
2: Ah, uh, I cannot wait to sink my teeth into this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was a big question for me. I don't see your angel being static at all. Mm-hmm. I see mm-hmm. so many changes going with her. And I don't even see the Reclamation uh, Corporation being the antagonist. I think it's Maximilian. So,
3: okay, excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent. yeah, that's that's the other one. Yeah, yep. definitely.
0: Very good, very good. Paul, what about you, sir?
1: It strikes me, uh, just from listening to this pitch, that what we're talking about here is the way that people or corporations or entities deal with hard choices, because it looks like that all four of your protagonists have hard choices that they have to make. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first thing that kind of strikes me about this. Um, and uh, you, you did answer one of my questions, that the angel is a consequence of burning the book and releasing the MacGuffin into the atmosphere, I'm assuming. <laughs> the MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I think that's about it uh, for me, for the once around the table.
0: Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I I I am I am with everyone. This this is an intriguing framework that you've set up, Martin, that has a wealth of 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 possible thematic and story storywise explorations it really kind of struck me almost as like a, a city of ember kind of thing with this city under the city and and mm-hmm. uh, uh, this this civilization that has willingly descended into the world my my I have a couple questions uh, one very, very light question is how long has the reclamation corp been sending people down into this into these tunnels
3: well, I'm not, I'm not fixed on this one, but in the early version of, of the, the story of Maximilian, there was the talk of a contract being three years. And these contracts, the first people actually being down there who, uh, who had a contract that's already run out and who were trying to get out of these tunnels and who were denied. Mm-hmm. So this would be the time frame about three years,
0: maybe that's good. That's excellent. <laughs> I think because that way uh, uh, we have a reason for Maximilian to go and seek his wife. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you, if you've, if you've got this point where, you know, those first contracts uh, uh, are up then yeah. uh, uh, now. So, and people aren't coming back. It's like, Hey, what the hell's going on? So perfect. Awesome. The other question I have, and and this one's kind of important is why can Maximilian see the guardian angel and no one else can?
3: well actually i haven't i have some ideas of how i could explain it but i haven't actually tried too hard to explain it for me this is basically just the 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 core problem that it shouldn't but it did happen okay okay i i,
0: I i'm of a mind i i need to know now mm-hmm. that's not necessary for the story to work or for the readers to be told. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm g- naturally going to bend my mind along those lines. So, okay. Awesome. Very cool. I, I, I think we've got good works. I, I can hear Mercedes sharpening her knives. Uh, mm-hmm. So Mercedes, kick us off. W- where do you want to go first with this?
2: Okay. First, I want to say I love your use of language. I think the angel angle is very clever. Okay. <laughs> I love that title. I think the Reclamation Corporation is also very clever, just the way that those words flow together. It's your, it's your origami, and I just – I dig it. So, um, <laughs> okay. I, myself, I'm, I'm, a, I'm possibly more intrigued by the idea of it being more of a sci-fi than a fantasy because an mm-hmm. angel in a science fiction world isn't supposed mm-hmm. to be. And um, okay. that kind of throws in a different – if it's magic and there's an angel, that's kind of mm-hmm. a little bit expected. Mm-hmm. And I think the concept of an angel in a a science fiction world is like, that's not supposed to be there that that's Mm -hmm. wrong, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and I kind of like that, um, that right there. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested especially in the angel. I think a lot, Mm -hmm. I really am interested in an angel's nature, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. So it's because of her good nature that she doesn't want to see this bloodbath, correct? Because she's an angel and that's, you know, well, when, that's, when that's
3: you the, the 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 original version. I mean, I've already kind of hinted at that. This story has has several um, historic layers where it came from and and how it developed. The original thing about this angel is that she's these two things. She's non judging of anybody. Uh And she has this absolute um, blind um, guardianship of her charge and only the combination of the two actually make it possible for a guardian angel to actually do what they're supposed to be doing. They're not supposed to judge what their charge is doing and they're absolutely about protecting them and actually in the original version there was no compassion or anything this was where the 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 personality of this angel actually do, came in like it's up to her if she wants to be or not be whatever she is you know but she
0: is she is driven she's a, she's a, she's offended by the atrocities that are being unfolded and she wants mm-hmm. to be rid of him correct yes okay
3: definitely right. yeah
2: I like that. So, does everybody have a guardian angel, or is, is he the only one?
3: Huh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> to, 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 okay. Um, the the for the sto- for this story, the problem would be if if the guard if the angel, this one angel we are talking about, uh-huh. um, would be of the of a mind that any, anybody has a guardian angel. I think they they should be there. Sh- there should be some in the story, but there it there aren't. So the, the only angel that actually appears for this story, and, and I think I will have to keep it that way, is actually this one guardian angel for Maximilian. Okay. Um, now, but- let me let me jump in mm-hmm. real quick. Mercedes, yeah.
0: there, you, there was something about that angel that really caught your attention. What, what was it that, that, that you, you had said that the angel was a very dynamic character? Where were you going for with that?
2: Yeah. Well, if this is what I was thinking about that. So if you have this, this guardian angel, who's supposed to be non judgmental mm-hmm. and supposed to protect this person, but this person's doing evil things, right? Mm-hmm. It, it goes against, and, and you know, my juxtaposition, how I love to have mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. So if you have this angel that's supposed to be, you know, kind of blindly protecting this person, but he's doing mm-hmm. these things that are horrible. I mean, yeah. that goes against her very nature, correct?
3: Excellent. But
2: I wanted yeah. to, see, mm-hmm. so if she's trying to basically, so say, you know, killing him or harming him greatly Mm -hmm. is very much um the only way to stop this which is why i was wondering if you know do they have guardian angels are they being protected does he have a greater power by having her that they don't have is she you know are they um smaller and weaker and that's that's what i was trying to feel
3: um i -hmm. think
2: i think by doing this it would break her it would break her. So for her to actually, you know, take mm-hmm. the woman that this Maximilian loves, to take his wife mm-hmm. and pit her against him, that's an evil thing.
3: Yeah. And is. Yeah. I
2: mean, is, is she going to turn? Is she turning from a guardian angel into an angel of justice? Is she starting
0: <laughs> to make yeah.
2: judgments? Do you well, see? Mm-hmm. Is she going to be the angel of judgment? Is
3: she going to be a fallen angel? Exactly.
0: I'm, Bam. Right there. Bam!
3: Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. But that's that's why I said this is uh, actually the the complete total central conflict for the angel is uh, she has her her non judgment her protection, and if if she actually does anything to prevent what what Maximilian is doing, she would be judging. She would be choosing one over the other, which she's not supposed to be doing. Well,
0: and that's yeah. and that brings out you know. Mercedes, you were saying, uh, Martin, that, that angels are, are, are static beings and they're programmed and they truly are until they choose to fall. And mm-hmm. and there has to be I mean, there was that wonderful uh, city of angels with Nick Cage and, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, you know, and, yeah. and the angel chooses to fall in this in that case for love, uh, which was lovely and, and touching. In this case, uh, like you say, Mercedes, it, 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 she could descend and and become, you know, not an angel of justice, but but a demon of retribution uh, and, and in, in the process, make that transition from an angelic creature of light to a dark creature, in which case we don't need. Uh, uh, Maximilian, to to do the thing and and let her go. In fact, the fact that she is bound to him when mm. she falls means he's got a demon on his back
3: now. Okay, yeah, that that would be one version. But the other thing I'm I'm just intrigued with right now is that um, the the way I had it outlined earlier with the epilogue, basically, if she succeeds succeeds to to break the bond the way um, she she planned to. She would um, be doing this inside of her own nature, but she would still end up being being actually uh, judgmental and, and broken by that. So um, I think if, if, I'm not sure, if, if I really want to have her, her fall as a fallen angel, or basically um, have her um, in the epilogue, more or less, or in the aftermath, find out that well, okay, she actually um, stayed within her own bounds, okay. but okay. the consequence is the same. You we, know? we can table that for now. We can table okay. that for now. You, you, yeah. you've
0: expressed ambivalence over this possibility, and and maybe some further explanation or exploration rather will will uncover things.
2: If I could just throw one more thing in there with with what you said, so then maybe mm-hmm. her choosing to judge, which is against her nature, and basically mm-hmm. is you know a, a a sin. We'll use that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. she's not supposed to judge, but she mm-hmm. does judge and then finds that that was the correct choice, you know? Or, mm-hmm. you know, so she's she's a better angel or yeah. an ascending angel or she um, is a broken angel because mm-hmm. she wasn't supposed to judge. I mean, there's so many things that, that you could yeah, do with sure. this, this beautiful this could, character. This could she's
0: activate judged. her. This could this could elevate her to a higher level of, of awareness mm-hmm. by making those choices mm-hmm. on her own. Yeah, Oh yeah. my
2: goodness, I'm so excited about your angel.
3: <laughs> oh! <laughs> Um, the one thought I had about this, which is important, is the, the difference is that, um, or the, the, the central problem is that uh, Maximilian actually sees her, and actually this, this uh, um, makes him special in that sense, that he knows about his protection. So other people might have a an guardian angel or not, but they would be protected by them and not know it. That's but true, he does. He's
2: abusing, he's abusing his knowledge.
3: Yes. Right. 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 Okay. Good. Excellent. Paul, where
0: do you want what, to? What? What's? What's twigging in your mind right now? Oh
1: my goodness. Um. Well, first off, really intrigued with this, and the angel by far is is, is my favorite character here so far. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just a process. Now, what I was thinking is that we've got the reclamation corporation sending people down into the tunnels. They're destroying, and I'm going to paraphrase here, destroying the books to release the tech. If we're going mm-hmm. with science fiction bent. What if the reason that they decided not to honor the contracts is they found out that when they released the tech too near somebody, that tech would imprint on them and create Mm -hmm. a guardian angel? And this guardian angel happened to be near Anna Lee, and that's why he can see this angel, because the angel actually imprinted on Anna Lee, Hmm. taking her form, taking Mm -hmm. her box, which is why the guardian angel wants to protect Martin beyond, uh, excuse me,
3: Maximilian. (laughs) Oh, dude,
0: dude.
3: is because... This yeah. is, this is, this is, um, Paul, this is al- almost creepy because, um, I, I actually changed, uh, names recently uh-huh. and, um, the angel was actually, uh, historically named Annalie. Oh, wow. Uh, for reasons I'm not going to go into, but she was actually Annalee, and I had, uh, her wife, uh, not her wife, <laughs> Maximilian's wife and she didn't have a name. And it didn't really make sense for a story for other people to read, for an angel to be named Annalie. But now if you say she's imprinted upon Annalie and takes on her from, this was actually an idea I was was actually uh, toying with myself. So this is a bit bit creepy right now. (laughs) That's kind of cool. I like
1: that. That's why he can see her and that's why she is Uh bound to protect him. But the tech Uh is what makes her so black and white. The tech is what makes the angel... Uh, not able to change and, and mm-hmm. finally loyal to, to Maximilian. That's the reason. And in order for her to not be that way, she has mm-hmm. either got to see Anne Lee doing something because mm-hmm. that's, that's her imprint. That's her imprintor or My verbiage is horrible. So that's her face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So in order to be able to get that done, uh, mm-hmm. she has, the angel does have to fall and I'm putting air quotes around fall.
3: mm hmm uh, mm-hmm.
1: And if that bond is broken, that would allow the Reclamation Corporation then to subvert the tech that's in the angel, and she would truly become that demon on
0: his back. Mm-hmm. Man. Well, and it sounds it sounds to me like these angels, uh, and, and I'm trying to envision this, this ancient culture from which this comes. It sounds like what happened is like maybe an ancient colony ship. Crashed on this planet, and and the, the the entire ship was was buried, and the few survivors came out and populated the planet, and forgot, you know, the the ancient lore, blah blah blah, you know, generations go by, and and suddenly somebody finds, you know, access to this, and and they're digging in. So maybe the angels are AIs, uh, uh, small self-contained artificial intelligences that that all of the crewmen on the ship originally had as a, a fail-safe device because of the oh, danger of, mm-hmm. of you know colonization interstellar travel whatever now here's here's what i'm thinking with what paul said what if Annalie, when she first went down she was one of the first ones because she's an narcologist. she's hungry to get down there yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and and they're and it's not just books they're they're sending up, but it's tech. It's it's stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's things that nobody understands. But the the reclamation corporations like Area Fifty One, uh, mm-hmm. and they're exploring all of this. So what if one of the first things Annalie does is she gets her own guardian angel? Mm-hmm. And and she uses that power to preserve and sustain the reclamation project. She's on the side of this tech because that's how she, that's what she's about. This this technology mm-hmm. is the salvation mm-hmm. for our people. Maybe maybe the, the, the planet is dying and this mm-hmm. is their only hope. So when Maximilian goes down, gets his angel
1: mm-hmm. and
0: starts the rebellion against the the RC he's actually rebelling against his wife and in the final climax you have two people going against each other one fiercely defending the 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 human freedom to choose because the 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 RC is keeping people down here and the other one you know working to to save
3: the planet and that clash could be epic okay so but this would would require two two angels basically on 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 both so so but not
0: until the end not until the end. Through the mm-hmm. entire book, mm-hmm. all we'll see is, is Maximilian's angel, who, you know, because the tech is broken or whatever, isn't necessarily aware of the other angel, blah, 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 whatever, we can, we mm-hmm. can ascribe whatever uh, limitations we want. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, at the end, then you have this big, and this is the climax. This is only at the end that we realize, holy crap, there's two angels. And, and how do two people that love each other can fight to the death when their angels are going to keep them alive? And wah, I don't know. What
1: if there is one angel? And and Lee, for whatever reason, down there doing her archaeologist thing, dies in a cave-in. The tech brings mm-hmm. her back. She mm-hmm. sends that angel to Mart uh, to Maximilian. I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call him Martin. I don't know why. <laughs> she sends the angel to protect Maximilian. She doesn't mm-hmm. know that she died. So that when we get to that final conflict, we still have the one angel, but we got two people that can't die.
0: Oh. Okay. Mm -hmm. Nice. So she kind of reprograms the angel to to, to get to her husband. Well, and that would explain why she has now switched
1: sides from being Mm -hmm. her side to the RC side, because that tech is kind of rewritten the way that she thinks. So Mm -hmm. now she, instead of being someone to be rescued, is kind of the villain. (laughs)
0: <laughs> exactly. Mm. Exactly. Mm. And 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 yeah, the, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, the that's, that's... and the villain has a good reason for being "quote unquote" the villain, which, right. which is what I love about the best villains are the ones you can go. Yeah,
3: I can kind of uh, see that, where she's coming from. That 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 uh, Paul that that version actually brings brings back up some some of the older ways of how how um, the angel tried to to break this bond because. Um, It would also involve um, the dead wife, so basically her remains, for example, like, um, you know, her bones and everything. So this is some of the very... Darker ways of maybe having some kind of ritual to you know break the bond and everything. Now before yeah, some arcana, yeah.
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm. and that's I was I was just going to say we've kind of gone down a very distinctly tech road, and and given even the angel uh, uh, some very distinctly tech origins and Mercedes that was kind yeah. of uh, uh, that that kind of goes against that that lovely counterpoise that you were going for with an angel in the tech world.
2: Well, but it, it does, but not necessarily. I I can see the them not realizing it's tech per se. Mm-hmm. I can see them, mm-hmm. you know, if you have, you have an angel in the tech world and it's, you know, what if, what if they think it's a real angel? What if they think, you know, they Ooh. don't realize it's tech. Well, yeah. What if they, you know, mm-hmm. and they, they, yeah. that would kind of destroy everything that you believe in to have this, <laughs> you know, this angel that looks like your wife or whatnot.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, and
2: then maybe mm-hmm. the the tech was originally made to look like angels per se, because so many different, you know, worlds believe in the, these different beings and mm-hmm. they wanted it to be not an intrusive or, yeah. or to have it fit into the, you know, they read up and figured that folklore people believed in angels and that would be a, a something that they would, you know, accept. Oh, yeah. an angel saved me versus a, <laughs> so, a, a bot, you know, or speaking I just find that lovely. I just find that lovely. Yeah. That lovely. yeah. Uh,
3: it was definitely uh, all the time when I was thinking about fantasy or science fiction. I think my 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 point was all the time to write it in a way that it doesn't really matter if it is science fiction or fantasy. So, basically, you have these people going down there. They have rather low technology. They have I mean, they could have electric light or you know power drills or whatever, but not nothing fancy. No no nanotech or whatever, and they are uncovering this this ancient technology, which could be magic.
2: Yeah. So maybe we're getting this a little too a uh, little too tech heavy. Maybe we're adding, we're taking away the simplicity of the story of here are some people in a tunnel, mm-hmm. trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. we're just kind of getting lost in the.
3: Well, the, uh, I, I think I think the the tech angle, uh, that's how how I've seen it is is basically how. Um, I or or people discussing the story can can explain what's going on, but I don't think it has to be something that that's actually comes out in the
0: story. Yeah, Yeah. Well, and and Anne McCaffrey did such a very cool thing with her with her Pern novels. Mm -hmm. You know, for the longest time, you read the Pern novels, and it's 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 fantasy. They're writing dragons and blah blah blah, and then you realize, oh crap, no. This mm-hmm. is a science fiction story, and and this this could have that same quality. You know, the the people on the surface could be a a, a fairly primitive culture with with almost no tech, and they perceive these yeah. tunnels as a place of of magic and wonder, uh, and they're just starting to tease the truth of of what it really is. Uh, so so you have you know for the bulk of the book this this. Uh, conception of it's 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 magical it's mystical it's blah 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 and then you know again a little nod to the to the reader who might start recognizing things and discover Mm. oh no but this is tech and you Mm. get that wonderful cross thing going I think that would work
2: or you flip it on its head and they're down there in their tech world and they discover a real angel you know? Yeah. A
3: real one, yeah. <laughs>
2: like, yeah. oh, our tech is nothing. <laughs> or I don't know, there's so many different ways. But but I can see that we're kind of being bogged down in exactly where the angel came from. Yeah. When Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, know, yeah,
0: yeah. We can you know, let that go.
2: But then I, I just accept things. I'm just like, Oh there's an angel. <laughs> there <she is." laughs> you it know? works. It works. If you guys don't mind if I ask a question, I uh I wanna know more about Maximilian. Do we, I mean, do we care for him at first? Because right now I'm not caring for him so much, but I, I'm thinking we should. Mm-hmm. I mean, his, his main goal, right. Isn't it to save his wife? I mean, who can't get behind that? That's a universal who wouldn't, sure. That's you very know, do something yeah. to save the woman he loves. Is this like, is this his story? Is this, you know, cause I'm all about the angel, but I should be all about Max. You know, is this his um,
3: that's that's completely my problem, or it has been my problem with this uh, complete concept, except for some time. Is basically when I, if I start the the story, telling it from the point of view of Maximilian, people will, or myself will get involved with his motivations, and and we will cheer for him and everything, and he will gradually decline in and and, and go to the dark side more or less. So this is the plan, the, the, his arc. And so I, I was really kind of um, worried about having a, a, a protagonist which, who starts out, out as, as a complete, um, um, uh, how you call it? Um, good guy? You know, <laughs> as a good guy, yeah. He, everybody can, can relate to his story and we can cheer for him and everything. And then he gradually goes to the dark side by the best of, of um, intentions. I don't think so that's I, a problem. I, no, I, I don't, don't think that's either add steps.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Very much yeah, so. Adds depth. Mm-hmm. Well, and you get this wonderful slide because you, you know you've got you've got uh... I mean, it really is a parallel story. It sounds like you have two POV characters here, Martin. At I, least, you know, at well, least two, well, I think, it? I think the, I think the story could be told effectively through the angel's eyes and through mm-hmm. Mar- uh, Maximilian's eyes. See, now you got me doing it, Paul. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, working through uh, uh, having, have you know, going through Maximilian's descent. I I think there's merit in exploring that and and letting people experience someone who they see as someone that they agree with and can and, agree, and can get behind watching them make bad choices and at mm-hmm. the same time watching the angel being forced to make choices she doesn't want to make but in doing so ultimately liberating herself and and doing serving mm-hmm. her prime, prime directive. I don't know.
3: One thing about the angel. I- Which has been very strong feeling for me all the time is that the the angel um, can be a central character, but she cannot be a POV character. So we cannot see through through her eyes. Why not? Uh, um, I'm not sure about it, but I think basically I I tried to explain it to myself why I'm 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 not good with going through her eyes. All the more reason she's alien. All the more reason because she's alien. Basically, (laughs) she uh, because I don't know. I always thought we c- I could um, kind of show her uh, emotions and her her struggle f- uh, through somebody else's eyes. Yeah, observing I, I, her I, as yeah, such.
2: I think I see what you're saying. Um, she also seems very. If we do go through her eyes, she kind of loses some of her mm-hmm. uh, glory, and mystery a little Magic, bit. Maybe, and yeah. mm-hmm. um, did you ever see um? What am I thinking of? never ending story where Mm -hmm. um, the Atreyu is going through like the oracles and they they are all the stuff and they try to kill them, but they just, all they do is open their eyes, but they're these like big, wonderful, mysterious kind of frightening in their power awe inspiring things that Mm -hmm. you don't know what they're thinking per se. Mm -hmm. You just know how they react. I can Mm -hmm. kind of see that where maybe we're giving her too much emotion where maybe we want her to be a little more awe inspiring. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, something to think about as well
0: okay i can see that yeah Yeah, because
2: we're like oh our little pet angel you know and and i'm i'm getting kind of the vibe that maybe you want to distance yourself from being so up in her uh you know grill that she kind of loses i mean she's an angel Mm -hmm. she's an angel Mm -hmm. protecting this guy that's making horrible choices that can't die and maybe if we get too close to her she kind of loses some of that grace and that awe-inspiring power she becomes
3: more Yeah, I think so. I think that, that sums it up uh, quite quite good. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of what I was getting that maybe you were feeling. Okay. So
0: do we need then a a different POV character other than
3: Maximilian and the angel? Mm, I had I had Two two main POV characters um, plotted out, which would be Maximilian, and then later on would be Annelie, his wife. So basically, it would be switching sides from the one to the other side of, of rebellion, or, or you know, hmm. um, because in the in the um, uh, the way i I've, I've had it up to now is that we have this we we follow maximilian into the decline and then it switches to the the angel trying to find allies to to resolve or to fight against him so we would go switch over to these other people in this case she would probably find an um, maximilian's wife annelie and be, befriend her. So then we would have the POV of, of um, Annalie from the other side. So these were the two I had planned, more or less. But yeah. I, uh,
2: That's intriguing, too, because then you see his wife, who doesn't really, you know, you see his wife, mm-hmm. Annalie, seeing her husband, what he has become. Mm-hmm. And he's thinking he's doing it in love and to save her and to, you know, we can do this. And, and mm-hmm. comes in like this offending angel and he's it's not, what she, you know, it's not right. It's not what she wants. So she sees this like madness in this man mm-hmm. that she adores. Mm-hmm. But then I, um, I really like to follow the people in the decline. I, um, wrote a book not too long ago about serial killers that are trying to be, that I try to make them sympathetic. So I like the idea of mm-hmm. seeing this person that you root for making these bad choices that your heart is just breaking for them. But at the same time you see why, you yeah. know, I want to see why he's going mad. I want to see why he's taking everybody out mm-hmm. and you know, that's wrong. You know he shouldn't be doing it, but he loves her so much. He's gonna he's gonna do this. I mm-hmm. think that would make him a very deep character and make him also likable. So that when he does, you know, I want there to be some sorrow. I mean, and and don't let us interject ourselves into your story, of course, but I mm-hmm. mean, I want there to be some sorrow when mm-hmm. the angel, you know, when this retribution must come. I don't want it to be like, yay, Maximilian's dead. You know, he is a yeah, strong, yeah, yeah, exactly. wonderful character that you effectively broke by doing mm-hmm. what he thought. You know, mm-hmm. and he has an angel mm-hmm. that looks like his wife backing him up. You know, how can he be? <laughs> how can he be doing the wrong thing? He has an angel.
0: Yeah. You know. Okay. Well, I wonder. I wonder if, in you know, if you want to avoid the angel's POV, mm. uh, uh, I wonder if maybe at when when Maximilian descends into the tunnels, you could have uh, another POV character who is going to become. Uh, 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 a sidekick a catalyst something along those lines Mm. so that you can alter not only could you then alter perspective and get inside the head of somebody that knows the workings of this tunnel culture because after three years it is going to be a culture it is going to be a a a world of some kind Uh, uh and and you'll get then get the perspective of this guy is talking to air He's talking mm-hmm. to nobody. What oh, yeah. the hell? Yeah, that's true. And <laughs> and also That's interesting. Yeah, and then seeing him, you know, watching a miracle. Watching a miracle and and actually have this other character be the one that actually kind of deifies Maximilian and sets him up oh, yeah. as yeah, the yeah. as the advocate, as the as the person who will liberate us from our chains that have been imposed upon mm-hmm. us by the RC. Mm-hmm. Paul, mm-hmm. you you've been quiet. What are you what are you thinking over there, man?
1: Well, I'm thinking that if at the end of the story, Maximilian is cast out, we've just retold the story of the fall. Holy crap.
2: Oh, my goodness.
0: (laughs) That's what I'm thinking. Uh, I think it's brilliant. I think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. the you know, you know, pride goeth before the fall, and 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 you know maybe maybe you know again if we go with the idea that the world outside is is toxic, is dangerous, uh, mm-hmm. uh, then then he could actually be cast out into the world, into the mm-hmm. outer darkness. Yes. Oh my God. And then who knows? You know, it, who knows what else is out there? This could actually lead to a, a a Dante's Inferno kind of of story where he wanders in the darkness, and who knows what he discovers out there? Because if there's angels. That kind mm-hmm. of implies a whole hierarchy of other things as well. Trilogy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, friends, I'm I'm looking at the time. I'm watching it tick oh, down. Uh, this this always goes so fast. Uh, uh, but I I, I do want to take us one actually before we go forward. Martin, is there anything in, in at this last segment you'd like us to dive into before we go once more around the table that you, that we haven't covered that you'd really like us to discuss?
3: Ooh, um. A lot of lot of good good ideas in there. Um, basically, the going in the in the directions I've I've been musing on two parts, and some some of them very very good, helpful new new directions too. Okay. So, yeah, I'm I'm covered. I think. All right. Well,
0: let's, let let's see if we can fill your pockets with some more literary gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go once more around the table just for some last uh, words of encouragement, suggestions, ideas, and possibilities uh, uh, to, to to send Martin on his way to write this fabulous tale. Mercedes, we'll start with you. Uh, last last words of of advice to to Master Martin.
2: Yeah, Martin, this is going to be fantastic. I mean, this <laughs> seems like it could be very in depth. It could be very very deep very uh powerful i see so much power in this story i i like the idea of us you know loving maximilian and being mm-hmm. set, being broken at his because earlier i was like yeah I kill him woo you know <laughs> i love the idea and i really do like uh i think it was dave that mentioned uh, um somebody that could see him doing these things like maximilian walks out yeah. of a fire you know mm-hmm. unscathed and this this person's like i love you know perhaps the idea of if the angel is 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 behind him he thinks mm-hmm. so he thinks and mm-hmm. all these people are like glorifying him and being like you are going to save us you know mm-hmm. and i can see him being pushed to do these things and thinking that he's doing the right thing if you've got everyone's support behind you and mm-hmm. then his wife is standing in front of him saying no
3: <laughs> you know
2: i just i think it's going to be Wonderful! I just am so excited, and I I, I want to pre-order it now. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> win, total win, right there. Okay. <laughs> Paul, what about you, sir? Final thoughts for Martin?
1: I think uh, I, I'm going to actually hitch my my wagon to a Mercedes Star here, um, because I I believe that the more sympathetic we can make Maximilian mm-hmm. at the beginning,
0: mm-hmm. the,
1: the the and the steeper his fall is, the more powerful the story is going to be. I. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, not wanting to interject ourselves into your story, uh, but if Max is completely broken, just devastated by his wife's death, Mm -hmm. uh, absence, uh, that gives the reader powerful motivation to just absolutely bond with this character. And as he slowly starts to come apart, that's going to be, uh, I think, more
0: moving down the road. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, I, and I'm I'm actually kind of really kind of vibing on on what Paul had said about the the overlay of you know retelling of the fall. Uh, mm. uh, I, I love the idea of overlaying a, a, a template of ancient. I will say mythology, but you know ancient ancient beliefs over a contemporary or or out of sync story, uh, uh, and and it, using that to explore what that means to a contemporary reader. I think that's fabulous. I'm also, and I, we didn't really get a chance to explore it, but I am. Uh, uh, really intrigued by the culture that would evolve after three years of digging in whatever the tunnels end up being Mm -hmm. and having Mm -hmm. that be, you know, very much a part of the first half of the book is the exploration of the nuance of social strata. And, you know, I mean, I, 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 when you first described it, I heard people saying, you know, having the RC sitting at the gate between the tunnels and the upper world with food and saying, give us something. Oh, let's see. That's that's worth two days worth two days of food. Here's food. There Mm -hmm. you go. Carry Mm -hmm. on. And here's some oxygen. Mm -hmm. And here's some medicine. And it literally is a barter system of valuable information for resources. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. which means Mm -hmm. that you're going to have black market. You're going to have thugs down there that are that are taking other people's tech that have that have maybe blockaded the the gateway and are stopping people and have, like, controlled the flow of information. So you've got this whole strata, you know, the layers of hell. It literally mm-hmm. is hell. And at the other end, and I love this, he finds his wife as an angel. And an angel guides him. God, it fucking is Dante. It's brilliant. <laughs> I love it. So so enjoy that. Dive into that and, and relish it. I, th- I I agree with everyone. This is an awesome story, and I want to see it written. So, so now here's the deal, Martin. When that happens, not if, when mm, that happens. When, yeah. Uh <laughs> however you put it out into the world, uh, uh on a on a PDF on your blog, uh self pub, indie pub, trad pub, we don't care. But once it's out there and being consumed by the masses, you come back, you let us know and we will knight you. <laughs> we will make you a knight of the Round Table podcast.
3: Yeah, if I can get this thing written, I think I've I've deserved. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bloody well deserve a knighting
0: ceremony, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Martin, dude, thank you so much. This this was a, a a feast of story ideas, themes, and concepts. Very well done, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely, and and Mercedes this has been a delight on so many levels for me personally. And I know for our listeners uh, and for Martin and for Paul, uh, uh, it's been wonderful to have you on the Skype Mm -hmm. line and, and sharing your aesthetic and your mojo into this discussion. It's been awesome.
2: So fun. Thank you so much for inviting
0: me. (laughs) Absolutely. And, and Paul, my wingman there. How, how, how have you enjoyed your, your first experience as a co-host here at the round table? Well, this has been an absolute blast. I can't wait to come back. <laughs> it's going to happen. It absolutely will happen. So <laughs> so here we are. We're all panting, we're sweaty. It's it's been, it's <laughs> been a, a an epic froth of creative Goodness, all the way around. The, the floor is strewn with literary gold. We're all picking it up. Uh, uh, so as long as we're distributing that gratitude around, thank you, dear friends, as always for tuning in. Without you, we're we're just flailing our tentacles into the void. Uh, uh, and you you give us something to grab onto and give our give our words purpose. So thank you for tuning in. If if you're feeling the love and you want to keep it moving forward. Uh, uh, an, uh, a review on iTunes is never looked down upon. Give us your straight shot, but but those the, that feedback is incredibly valuable. And thank you so much to everyone who has done so. Uh, uh, y- we we have actually a forum now here at the Roundtable. You can go to the www.roundtablepodcast.com uh, and click on forum. And this episode will be in that forum. If you've got ideas for Martin, you can go ahead and toss them in there, which would be just fabulous. So so here we are we're 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 spent and 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 dizzy uh, but you know what in 7 days we're going to start this all over again more fabulous guest hosts bringing their writerly mojo to the table more guest writers courageous souls bringing stories for discussion more round table goodness for everyone but that is as we say, a seven-day wait, which is absolute torment. Uh, Paul, Paul, what do you think our listeners can do to assuage that torment over the next seven days?
1: Well, he said, putting four-finger to chin,
0: <laughs> perhaps we should write. Go write! Yes, absolutely, the legacy of Brian Humphrey sustains. I think that's an excellent idea, Paul. Uh, in fact, it's Roteno-Rymo right now, So, so... Bitches, get out there and be some writing some words. Get that word count. Make that 50,000-word goal. I'm right there with you. Friends, I will tell you, as always, you find what you're looking for, so look for the brightly wrapped package at the back of the tree. Look for that sweet, sweet goodness, and I promise you, if you look for it, you will find it. We will see you in just seven days. Until then, you guys stay cool, be frothy, be awesome, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. This episode is copyright 2014 by The Roundtable Podcast and released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, share-alike license. That means please don't sell it, but you can share it to your heart's content. You can even use portions of it in your own productions, as long as you release those productions under the same licensing terms and reference us as the source. Theme music for The Roundtable Podcast was performed by the Hepcats of BroTown. Gary Gold, David LaBroyere, Billy Nobel, and Matt O'Donnell. If you would like to be a guest writer or guest host, join in on the conversation or just learn more about us. Visit our website at www.roundtablepodcast.com. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash roundtablepodcast and on Twitter at writerspodcast. And you can always email us at thetable at roundtablepodcast.com. Thanks for listening.